Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. It's so good to see you all this morning. Happy Monday. Happy uh, beginning of a new week. Happy last week of November already. Where did November go? Right? Um, it's so good to see you all this morning. A couple quick announcements as we begin. Um, if you didn't get a chance yesterday to, to catch Pastor Brendan's second and final installment in our Beating Inflation series, be sure you catch it. So good. So, you know, insightful and just such a beautiful um, reminder for all of us, right? Going into the, the holiday season with spending and everything going on. And I mean, just financial worries, but relational worries, um, all kinds of different like job worries, everything going on. A really great message about how to follow God's way, not your way. So be sure you catch that message if you haven't had a chance yet. Um, also, shout out to our teams will be coming up this week to be decorating for Christmas. So tomorrow, Tuesday, our team is hitting up EHT for some Christmas decorating. I believe it's 6 p.m. beginning at uh, EHT. Um, also on Saturday over at Cumberland County, on their setup night, they're also going to be getting some Christmas decorations out, new, and some things to get ready for the holiday season. So whether you're at EHT at Tuesday or Cumberland on Saturday, be sure to get out there, get some decorating going on, get into the holiday spirit with your fusion family together. Um, finally then, last big prayer request as we go into this week, Saturday or Friday night and Saturday are Freedom Conference. This night is a culmination of what we have 114 participants have been going through the freedom groups over the last 12 weeks. So this is the big culmination of the entire study. So please, please, please be praying for them. Be praying for the 117 uh, volunteers we have going through and supporting them as they go through the conference. And again, this is a huge spiritual day of or weekend, really, of breakthrough, of life chains, of change be broken off of people, right? So please be praying in advance for what God's going to do this weekend because it's going to be mind-blowing. Can't, can't descri describe it, right? It's going to be so good. So please be praying for these teams and these participants as we go through and enter into this weekend. All right. <sighs> so here we go. It's Monday morning. We're diving into another amazing chapter of God's word. But first, let's pray in. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for another day we get to walk in your promises. Another day, God, we get to see you move. Another day, God, where you get to just show up and show off in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the wisdom and the beauty and the truth it holds. I pray right now, Lord God, open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes and ears to receive what you have for each of us this morning, God. I pray I would decrease and you would increase. Lord, let be your Holy Spirit that speaks, not my own voice. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Like I said, it's Monday morning, a new start to a week, a new start to a day, um, ending up the month of November and going into a whole new month coming up by the end of this week, right? 
So what better place to begin than God's word? So diving in this morning, Second Chronicles 6. So previously on soap, dun, 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 uh, we've been going through the last uh, few chapters of seeing Solomon succeed his father, King David. Not only is, and he's not only succeeding him as king of Israel, but in building up the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. So we've been reading about all the details that went into the construction of the temple, right? The sizes and the, the metals and the, the workers and how much work and effort has been put into this amazing temple, right? Um, even the Ark of the Covenant in yesterday's chapter being brought up to, um, brought up with the whole assembly of Israel coming together to see the temple be established, right? So today we're picking up where we left off as Solomon's addressing the people of Israel in 2 Chronicles 6. Um, I'm reading out the New International Version, NIV, um, in the New Living Translation, at the NLT. This is entitled, Solomon Praises the Lord. In the NK, uh, New King James, it's, it's entitled, Solomon's Speech Upon Completion of the Work. So whoever you're jumping in from, um, look at the title. There's a really beautiful description of what we're about to dig into. All right, here we go. Verse 1. And Solomon said, The Lord said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I've built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel who with his hands has fulfilled what he has promised with his mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built so that my name might be there, nor have I chosen anyone to be ruler over my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem for my name to be there, and I have chosen David to rule my people. My father David had it in, in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father, David, you did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. Nevertheless, you were not the one to build the temple, but your son, your own flesh and blood. He is the one who will build up the temple for my name. The Lord has kept this promise he made. I have succeeded David, my father, and now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord had promised. And I have built a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have placed the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people of Israel. This part is entitled Solomon's Prayer of Dedication, verse 12. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Now he had made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and had it placed in the center of the outer court. He stood on the platform, then knelt down before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven. He said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants will continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your whole mouth you have promised and your hand you have fulfilled it, as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant David my promises. Keep for, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your descendants are careful careful to do 
all they do to walk before me according to your according to my law as you have done. And now, Lord, the God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David come true. But will God really dwell on earth with humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet, Lord my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. May your eyes be open toward his temple day and night. This place which you have said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer of your servant praise towards this place. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pay when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When anyone wrongs their neighbor and is required to take an oath, and they come and swear an oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty and bringing down on their heads what they have done, and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. When your people Israel have defeated have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave them and their ancestors. And when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray towards this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you, you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, or locusts or grasshoppers, or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people, Israel, be aware of their afflictions and pain, and spreading out their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven, your dwelling place. Forgive and deal with everyone according to all they do, since you know their hearts, for you alone know the human heart, so that they will fear you and walk in obedience to you all the time they live in the land you gave our ancestors. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people, as do your own people Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to you toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their case. When they sin against you, for as there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them, and give them over to their enemy, who takes them captive to a faraway land or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive, and repent, and plead with you in the land of their captivity, and say, We have sinned, you have done wrong and acted wickedly. And if they turn their back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity where they were taken, and pray toward the land you have given their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, and toward the temple I have built for your name. Then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their pleas, and uphold their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Verse 40. Now, my God, 
May your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and your ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed in salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to your servant David. Amen to God's word. All right. Wow. Long chapter, lots to dig into. So grab a sip of water or coffee near you and let's dig in. All right. So like we said, this title um, and some other versions, Solomon praises the Lord in the NLT, Solomon's speech upon completion of the work in the New King James. It's accurate, right? He just goes in. Again, it's beautiful after, you know, months and months of preparations and and all this work him and some other people have put in, a lot more people have put into this temple, right? We're seeing how he's praising God. He's giving this God all the glory for this magnificent temple behind him. Um, and starting from verse one, um, he, he says that the Lord has said that he would dwell in a, in a dark cloud. I built a, a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. If you go back a couple of verses before this, Back in chapter five, um, it ends saying how uh, the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. The glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. So we're seeing God is so pleased. He's so, um, he's, he, he's so accepts, right? Accepts the sacrifice of Solomon, all these Israelites and the people. And he's, he's, he makes his dwelling place there. And that's a beautiful image of these people it's the reward, right, for all their hard work. Because when we work hard for God, he shows up. When we work hard and do what God asks us to do, he dwells with us. His presence goes before us, you know? Especially like we talked about going into this weekend of the Freedom Conference for those who are going in, you know? We have a night this week where we just set up for the conference. You know, and it's literally how we see here, you know, how when even going for Christmas, right? Christmas decorations coming up you know, this week at both locations, you know, when we, when people show up and prepare the place for God, he shows up, you know, he honors his people. He rewards his people with the hard work they put in, you know, and it's so beautiful seeing how the people are impacted by his presence, you know, through this, this whole, this whole, um, celebration going on down to verse, uh, verse three through 11, we see, you know, the whole general theme of this portion of Solomon's speech is God is there as well as our promise keeper. He talks about how um, how God promised his father David, you know, that, to build this amazing temple. And he promised David that Solomon would be the temple. And along the way, we see God's promises from generation to generation in this family. And it's, it's so powerful, too, to see Solomon in this moment of his humility and his reverence to God, right? In verse 4, he says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hands has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to my father David. He's not taking any of the credit here. You know, his father David is the one that got all the materials together and prepared the way for this temple to be built, you know? And Solomon it's all these, these hundreds of thousands of people that came together to build this temple, you know? And yet in this moment, Solomon is praising God, who his hands, his promise, his mouth, that made this temple come to pass. 
And we're seeing here the three-part confirmation of how God works, right? We're seeing God's works, God's prophecy, and God's word all being fulfilled. He's that, that good, the promise keeper. Um, it's also really beautiful uh, imagery. It talks about how, you know, how it's being passed down from um, Solomon succeeding David. And down the line, we know the lineage of Jesus, that Jesus is succeeded from King David and from Solomon in this, this lineage, right? And personally, I think that's why Jesus had such a heart for the temple, even as a child, you know, you go in, um, in Luke chapter two, you see Jesus, he, he gets left, he gets left behind Jerusalem. And when his parents go to find him, Mary and Joseph, they go to find him, they find him in the temple. You know, he's teaching, he's, he's sitting at the feet of the, the, the leaders and teachers at the temple. He's listening to them. He's even teaching them, right? And we're seeing, you know, and throughout the rest of the scriptures, we see Jesus so often going to the temple for, for the, the feasts and the sacrifices and to meet with people and to, you know, to, to do works and do ministry. And it's because he knows that's his father's house. You know, he's returning back to the place that his his ancestors, that David and Solomon, you know, his earthly ancestors and that, that lineage prepared for him, right? And so we're seeing how Jesus is fulfilling that prophecy down the line, down the line, you know? Um, I think it's also really beautiful too how, like you said, look at this, this temple. It took, uh, if you go back in chapter uh, two, Second Chronicles chapter two, it took 150, over 153,000 people to build this. And yet in this moment, Solomon brings none of that up. He doesn't give a shout out to, hey, shout out to the gold, you know, the goldsmith. Hey, shout out to, you know, uh, the carpenter. Hey, shout out to the guy that, that carved the cherubim, you know? He gives a shout out to God. Because in, in the end, you know, when we come together as God's people, God gets the glory. It's not about, even Pastor Brandon always says, it's not, about, it's not about the name of a church, name of a pastor, name of a dream team member, name of anything else other than the name of Jesus. We're here to glorify. Amen. And so we're seeing how Solomon's living that out and giving God all the glory in the midst of this amazing day, amazing celebration. I think it's also really beautiful, too, how he mentions Egypt, right? Not only is seeing how God's been their promise keeper from generation to generation to generation back since the Egyptian times and being delivered in Exodus, but I think it's also a really beautiful reminder of how back in that day, they used to build temples and monuments to the Egyptian gods, you know? They used to build temples and amazing structures like this for the Egyptians and their, their overlords in Egypt, right? And now because of God's promise and God's freedom, he's brought his, his people out of, they get to come together to build a temple for him, for the one true God. And we're seeing how that, you know, how God's been so faithful over the years, you know, and we're seeing how, how Solomon's giving honor to those ancestors, not only to David, but to the, the ancestors of Israelites that came before them and building the temples of Egyptians and seeing how they're coming through. Is because God came through, right? And again, our God's been a promise keeper then. It's the same promise keeper now. Amen. All right, skipping down uh verses 12 through 17, going through those. Um, at this point, so Solomon is outside the temple, right? He stood before the altar in front of the whole assembly, praying to the people and praying over um, his hands up to, to heaven and ministering to the people. 
And this is actually because, remember, at the time, only the priests in the Levitical line could minister inside the temple from the holy of holy places. And so David, you know, David and Solomon, they're not, they're not priests. They're just, you know, they're kings, but they're not priests. So even in this moment, Solomon shows such reverence to God's word and such obedience, right? Be outside the temple and ministering and praying and just speaking to the people. You know, again, I'm seeing the humility too. This guy just built an amazing temple. He didn't accomplish an amazing feat. And he's here as the king of all these people on his knees, hands spread out in surrender. So there's nothing we can do that's going to make us, you know, not be a place in our lives. We need to have the same heart posture as, as Solomon, right? No matter what achievements we've accomplished, no matter what position we find ourselves, or how great our lives feel some days, right? At the end of the day, we all need to have the same heart posture as Solomon on our knees, hands spread out, praising God and being humble and open and, and transparent before him, right? Again, we're seeing, we're seeing how he's acknowledging his promise keeper and the Lord, right? And how even to this day, we, we have the same privilege of seeing that fulfillment of the promise even further generations down the line through Jesus. And we're going into the season of Christmas, right? We're celebrating the very fulfillment of Jesus' birth. And so we're seeing how there's no promise too big or too small for God. Amen. So the first question we have today for your notes, um, it's not, not an application question so much, but a reflection question I want to challenge us all with today. And that reflection question is, what promises of God have you seen him keep in your life? Or if you're having a hard time thinking of them right now, because we all have those days, what promises do you need to remember to stand on today as he goes throughout, as you go throughout your day? What promise do you need God to keep in your life right now through what you're going through? All right. Uh, verse 18 through 21. Again, seeing Solomon continue this prayer, he just, he's going into prayer. He's going into the people and praising God. And it's so powerful too. He's praying a bold prayer for God to hear and forgive his people. And so don't be afraid, church, to pray bold and humble prayers. Don't be afraid to be a God, to come before God and say, hey, God, I need you. Hey, God, I love you. Hey, God, forgive me. Forgive your people. Forgive us. You know, there's so much going on in our lives. We can be timid sometimes. We can be afraid to bring things to God, but not Solomon. You know, Solomon, you know, he says, hear the supplications of your servant and your people when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. He's not afraid. He's praying boldly with confidence, with trust in who, he, in who he's praying to, right? With faith, knowing God's going to hear those answers and he's going to hear that prayer and answer his people. So church, we're the same people today that Solomon prayed for. We are now God's servants. Again, you come with, like Solomon did, with an open, honest, humble, you know, repentant heart. God hears us. So press in this morning after this is over or take a pause right now if you need to. Take a pause and, and come to God with that bold prayer on, on your heart. Because guess what? Truth is, he already knows it. He already knows that prayer on your heart, on your mind this morning. So come before him and be open. Share it with him. And let him hear you from heaven as you speak in faith and trust to him. Amen. All right. Continuing on down. 
uh, verse 22 through 31, we're seeing a new new side of God, right? We're seeing a transition in the prayer. Not only is God a promise keeper, but a righteous judge, you know? And whether that's personally, whether that's in the larger battles they're going to face or we face, whether that's in their resources or their way of living or their health, we're seeing how as Psalm is praying, that God is sovereign over every area of his prayer. He goes through all different, you know, when anyone wrongs their neighbor, you know, or it's something personal, when they're defeated by when they're defeated by an enemy, you know, when the when they're taken captive, when there's famine or plague, you know, when there's um disaster or disease, or or when there's anyone aware of, you know, with afflictions or pains. He lays it all out before God. God, whatever problem is facing your people, hear us. And it's also powerful too, because not only is we seeing this, this perspective of God as a righteous judge, but also as a forgiving God, right? Verse 24, when they turn back and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication before you, he's asking them for forgiveness. But the trick is, we must first come to him. He's not going to come and say, okay, ask for, you know, he's not going to ask us, okay, do you want, do you want to say sorry now? Do you want to say sorry now? He's going to wait for us to be the mature believers, the mature children of God and come to us, have us come to him first and say, sorry. You know, think about, you know, when you have, if you have kids and they misbehave and they get time out and then um, at least in my house, you know, I go to my kid, my son and say, okay, now say, sorry. Do you know what you did? Say, sorry. And yeah, he teaches him to apologize because he's he's immature. He's young, right? But God's calling us as mature believers to, to come to him first and say, God, I messed up. God, I'm sorry. You know? And what's so powerful is whether it's someone else or whether it's ourselves coming up in opposition to God, he is just and righteous to forgive and redeem. You know, Solomon says, Forgive the sin of your people, Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave them and their ancestors. Then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people, Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Throughout the verses, right? Because God forgives, he restores, he teaches, and he hears. Now what sin you're coming with God to open up to him? Now what? you know, perspective you see of yourself. God loves you. God sees you. God wants you to return to him. It's up to us to make that first step, right? Because when when we do, he forgives, he restores, he teaches, and he hears the cries and pleas of his people still. So our second reflecting, reflection question as we go into uh, the rest of our day how has God forgiven, restored, taught, and heard you? Take a moment to praise his name with those, those, those gratitude, right, for what he's done in your life. And let's be honest, even if there's something you need to repent for today, take a moment, pause this right now, and do so. Take a moment to praise, to come to God with, with, with repentant hearts, and then praise in your heart. Let him Forgive, restore, teach, and hear you in the in this moment of repentance. Continuing on, verse thirty-two and thirty-three, talking about the foreigner, 
right? It's not just for God's people, this temple. This temple is a house of prayer and presence of God for all nations. Because even though the Israel people were chosen by God, be set apart, be his nation, his people, the reality is, the truth is, he is still the creator and the sovereign Lord over all nations, right? Even to this day, we see nations are all over the place. We see there's wars, there's fighting, there's there's terrorism, there's all these heartbreaking things. And we look to the people in charge of the nations, even our own nation, right? We look to the people in charge to place blame, to call out names, to say, oh, it's that fault, that party, that system, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, church, God is still, he's still sovereign. He's still the creator over everything and everything we're dealing with, all the things we're facing as a, as a nation, as a world. And the reality is that what's so beautiful here in what Solomon's praying is that this temple he built and the people built is a place for other, other nations, even people who aren't believers, right? At the time he's praying this to come, you know, to find, you know, when they find God and they find salvation, come and be a part of being in God's presence of praying, of, of, you know, getting, getting into the presence of, of the Lord and hearing the prayers of these people, not just his people, but all the nations who have to have their prayers answered and have a connection with and relationship with their heavenly father. And that's why in uh, Matthew, we're in book of Matthew uh, chapter 21, we see how Jesus gets angry when, this, when he comes, because he comes to the temple and you see that there's outer courts, right? Because at some place, only Gentiles were allowed to go, only not, like the non-Israelites, right? Were allowed to go only so far into the temple. Well, the Israelites and those of higher standing, higher authority, higher um, um, uh, cultural descent, you know, but a better lineage, were allowed to go further in. And that's why one, that's one of the reasons he was so angry, because he, you know, he he threw out the money changers, overturned the tables, because God's temple was no longer being used to bless the nations and have people come and worship their heavenly Father. And the same way we get, you know, as a church, that's what we as a church are welcoming. We have our doors say "Welcome home," right? Because we're a representation of that, seeing every nation allowed to come in. Every background, every denomination, every person, right, should feel welcome to be part of what God's doing here at Fusion, to have the opportunity to come into God's presence, just like the people did back then, you know, just like we say, to go to all the nations. That's God's vision, not just for us, but for his church, his capital C church, to be a place where nations can come to and find his people, find his presence, right, and dig into what God has for each of them. Again, the, the equality in prayer and presence, like he's not holding himself back from any nation, any people, then or now. Though anyone who humbles themselves and calls upon him and acknowledges his reverence and his sovereignty and accepts his son for salvation, there's equality in his presence. No matter what we're coming from, no matter how we feel about ourselves, you know, ethnic background, financial background, religious background, none of it matters to God. He wants you for you. Amen. Almost, almost there. Continuing on verse 34 through 39. Another part of Solomon's prayer, right? When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them and pray, you'll hear them, right? For whatever battles the Israelites will face or whatever battles we face, amen? Wherever 
we are sent by God, he hears us. But that's the key, right? The key, catch that. Don't miss that in verse 34. When people, when your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, it's not up to us, right? Like Pastor Brennan preached this past weekend. It's not my way. It's God's way on the highway. Amen. So it's whoever we are getting sent by God. He's there to face the battle with us. He will hear us. He will hear our pleas, hear our, 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 um, our cries for help, right? He's with us through those things. Again, we're seeing in the midst of that battle, when they're, even when we do, we, we go God's way and we still mess up because we're that imperfect or imperfect of a people, right? We can go God's way and still mess up. And yet God's justice is also there with his mercy, his forgiveness, his redemption, right? He's there for his people. Even all the way from, from heaven, he hears his people and they're pleased and he upholds their cause. Amen. Closing out here in verse 40. He's closing out the prayer and he, he talks about the anointed one, right? Verse 42. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to your servant, David. And that anointed one is Solomon, right? In this, in, as one, in one aspect, because he was the anointed king of Israel. So he's, um, uh, he's, he's, you know, praying for himself, do not reject him. But also, do not reject your anointed one as a reflection prophetically of Jesus, right? Because Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is that fulfillment of the great love promised to David. Amen. And so we're seeing how, again, all these themes throughout the Bible, from Old Testament to New Testament, are all repeated over and over and over and over, right? We're seeing, you know, God's God's a promise keeper. God's a righteous judge. God forgives. God redeems. God restores. God loves his people so, so much. He loves you so, so much. He will do anything to keep his promise to you and to David and through loving us, through sending his son Jesus for us. Especially as we go into this Christmas season, like we said, it's so beautiful seeing how the New Testament promises are prophetically speaking here in the Old Testament and gives us reason to praise and to trust God because we see, like we said, in the big promises and the small promises, he is always faithful. Amen. So here as we close out, Two reflection questions. One, what promises of God have you seen him keep in your life? What promises do you need him to remember? What promises do you need to remember and stand on today in prayer through what you're going through? Second question, how has God forgiven, restored, taught, and heard you? Take a moment to praise his name for how he has. Or if you know there's something that you need to repent for today, take a moment to do so. And then praise him, right? Repent, let him speak to you, let him forgive, restore, teach, and hear you, and then praise him because of it. Amen. And final challenge, as we're closing out, application. I want to challenge you guys this morning to take the words of Solomon's prayer and make them your own. You know, whether it's taking and writing it out, whether it's going on a, a note app and copying and pasting the, this prayer. I really want to challenge you guys to take the words of Solomon's prayer, make them your own today. All right. We'll we'll do this right now. Let's pray out. Lord, the God of Israel, 
There is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants continue wholeheartedly in your way. We thank you and praise you for your promises you've made and how we've seen them come to pass in our lives. And now, Lord, the God of Israel, let your word continue that you promised each of your servants under the sound of my voice continue to come true. Lord, my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and to her plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. Bring your justice, your restoration, your instruction, your inheritance, your protection, and your grace over your people. God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Come to your resting place in our hearts as your living temples today. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, thank you for Jesus, your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to us, your servants. In Jesus' highest and holiest name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Church, it's been a, my, I always love my mornings with you guys. So good seeing you all. So good tuning in with you all. Have an amazing start to your week. God bless. And we'll see you all uh, tomorrow for more soaping. Take care.